It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by a woman running for governor of Virginia. She would be the first black woman to govern a state anywhere in this country. So excited to be joined right now by Jennifer Carol Foy. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, good morning. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Zelina, for having me. Like, literally any time. Um, yes. We're especially excited about Virginia right now because 361 voter suppression bills have been introduced this year across the country. That is an insane amount. We are watching states move backwards in terms of the democratic process, like left and right, um, but not Virginia. Virginia is actually looking to expand access to the ballot. So what, what, are, what are you all doing right yeah, I can tell you that's what the Democratic majority would get you. So I can tell you that <laughs> this issue has always been important to me. Uh, before my life in politics, I was a community organizer, hitting the pavement hard and doing the hard work of registering Virginians to vote, especially in our Latinx, African-American, and AAPI communities, where people have gone from the margins to the margins of victory. And then as a legislator, last year we were – able to dismantle a lot of voter suppression tactics instituted by the Republicans, passing bills to make Election Day a state holiday, repeal strict voter ID laws, have no excuse absentee voting. And today, like you said, Georgia and so many other states are disfranchising people's right to vote in mass. But the organizations in Virginia have been fighting hard, and I'm glad Governor Northam has signed the Historic Voting Rights Act of Virginia, the first state in the country to pass its own Voting Rights Act. And the new law will wow. require lo local election officials to notify the attorney general or wait 60 days before implementing election-related decisions like closing polling locations, changing district boundaries, or affecting the ability of non-English speakers to vote. That all I sounds love the idea of expanding so access. Right. I did, yes. For me, I don't understand why it's not more obvious that if you're trying to take something away like that is in the constitution that you know is one of our foundational and fundamental rights i mean everybody's screaming about the second amendment but they're like you know if if you even want a background check they're like they cry bloody murder but when we're, we're trying to restrict the vote which is if not, equally if not more very much more important <laughs> in terms of our constitutional mm -hmm. rights um you you'd think it would be more obvious to people that that's bad I mean, why would we ever want to do that? I don't even know what a good what reasoning and rationale we would use to say, like, we want to restrict the vote, um, but it's a good thing this time. Like, I, do, I just don't even know why that <laughs> argument ever is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Republicans know that the more people vote who don't look like them, um, then they lose. And so they make it harder for people of color, poor voters, disabled voters, and young voters to cast their ballots. I mean, this isn't about voter election protection. This is about self-preservation. It's a power grab, plain and simple. And that's why we need Congress to pass the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act 
Because at the end of the day, the black vote saved America, and it is America's turn to save the black vote. If it, yeah, it, it, do you have hope? I mean, whenever, whenever, whenever we're presented with a choice like that, where America's got to do the right thing by the black people who who live here and are Americans, I start to lose hope um, because we we tend not to do that. That tends not to be our MO. If we all have to get together to make sure that black and brown people can exercise their right, just like white people, we tend to fall down on that. Um, do you have hope in 2021 that like this time is different, um, either because of what happened last summer with the, uh, with the protests or, or just because of the time that we're living in? Absolutely. I think that we're no longer asking for permission to lead or to do the right thing um, or to bang on the door and plead and beg for people to hear us and to see us. I think that we realize that if we can't change your mind, um, that more people should vote, democracy should be accessible to everyone who's eligible, then we're going to just change your seat. It's as simple as that. And so I can tell you that's how we're able to get to this point in Virginia where I've been able to pass the Equal Rights Amendment and, you know, have diversifying the teacher workforce, uh, reducing the black maternal mortality rate. I'm able to struggle to get things done in minority, but the majority, it, it feels damn good. And I can tell you that that is how we're going to usher in progressive change and house the homeless and feed the hungry. Oh, no, did we just lose? Oh, did we lose you? We just lost. Oh, we might have lost Jennifer her. Jennifer We'll get her well, back. We'll get her back. No, I, I love what she's saying about Virginia in terms of the Democratic majority because that was hard fought. That didn't just happen in 2018 because of Donald Trump. I think a lot of people probably right. assumed that happened in 2018. That's a very good point. As a, as a reaction to Donald Trump winning in 2016, but that is wrong. Um, when I was here in Virginia in 2008, one of the things that I learned working in the state um, is that it has an election every single year and the Democrats, um, you know, had been building infrastructure all the way up to Obama. Then he had like a bazillion offices in the state. Um, obviously, that creates a whole bunch of, you know, um, manpower in terms of Democratic operatives. I mean, I could have come back to Virginia and right. worked and there were hundreds of organizers like me. Um, Jennifer, I was talking about the fact that uh, in 2018, when you took back the majority, uh, in the Virginia uh, State House, it wasn't it wasn't just a reaction to Donald Trump. It was the hard work of organizers and and folks going back to I mean, I was here in 2008 for President Obama. Um, and I learned that sort of Democrats had been slowly trying to to build the infrastructure statewide. I mean, even in southwest Virginia um, to try to to take back the state house, And then it actually happened in 2016. Or 2018, sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. I mean, there were so many organizations who've been doing the work for so long. Um, I mean, just so many, too many to name, actually. But it was a concerted effort, and we all came together and galvanized. And I think that, you know, the Republicans have lost their way. They've lost their message. And, you know, not only that, but they were doing things that just didn't make sense. We have the high, one of the highest child poverty rates. Um, we have people sitting in traffic for two hours. The kitchen table issues weren't being addressed. And that's where we stood up and said, listen, you have options. Um, and that's what it's about. It's about us getting out there, mobilizing, organizing, and getting our people to the polls to make real fundamental progressive systemic change. 
So I, I think one of the things that that's concerned me, possibly the only thing that concerned me about entering the post-Trump era of our country was that all of this organizing, all of the work, the incredible engagement, the number of people who got involved who had who had never been involved in the electoral process before. I, I think a lot of us were, were worried that that would go away, um, that the immediate existential threat would would seem like it was over and that people would retreat into their lives and and sort of lose this civic participation muscle that had been exercised um, under such duress over the last four years. You're running for governor right now in that moment. What can you tell us about about the enthusiasm, like about small dollar donors and about volunteers? And are, like, are you still feeling it the way that you felt it in 2018? I am. I can tell you there's a groundswell that's happening. There's a movement that's building because we've yet to have a black woman lead this nation. And we've yet to have a black woman lead any country in a state in this country, in our nation's history. And so it's not enough to just thank, you know, Black, Brown, AAPI, Latinx communities, Indigenous communities for helping deliver the White House and win Congress. You also have to support us when we're ready to lead. And diversity matters. Representation matters. You know, we're not just trying to have a seat at the table. We're trying to own the table. I mean, women, everyone across the board who have been historically excluded. I mean, the words of former Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which I hold so true, we need to be where all the decisions are being made. And so we're kicking in the door. And I can tell you that, you know, we are gaining momentum and it's really exciting because we're on the cusp of this moment and we're just going to continue to build. And I think we're going to have even more people uh, of color and women running for governor and higher positions going forward. Um, but The battleground is here in Virginia. We are next up, and we will be that referendum on this last election, and we will make sure our voices are heard. I think what's so interesting when you think about the trajectory of of the state of Virginia is I feel like in a lot of ways Georgia is what Virginia was. Um, You know, it turned Mm -hmm. blue in 2008 for the first time in 44 years. And after that, um, it was it elected a Republican governor and Ken Cuccinelli. Remember that? <laughs> you remember? Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I remember. And so, 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 oftentimes there are you know reactions, um, and I think a lot of folks probably thought, um, you know, to my earlier point that okay, the Virginia State House flipped because the the two state houses flipped because of Donald Trump. When in reality, it was a little bit longer than that. Going back, I think probably to Ken Cuccinelli to be quite frank about it um (laughs) what's your advice to the people folks and organizers and and maybe even folks who are looking to lead in georgia um because it seems to me like you know they you sort of have to kind of look at virginia and see what your future could be potentially uh in terms Mm -hmm. of you know a state that is much more progressive on issues that people actually care about it's not just like you know uh tax policy it's actually you know bread and butter um, healthcare access issues. There's so many issues that affect your life for real every day that progressives um, champion and will make better for you. Um, so Virginia, I mean, do you have any advice for the legislators in Virgi- in Georgia? Um, because I feel like Georgia is sort of the new Virginia in a lot of ways in the way this is all unfolding. <laughs> yeah, I say that, listen, our work isn't done. And you know, we need to tie up our shoes. We need to grab, grab clipboards and follow CDC standards, make phone calls and postcards, everything we can. And, and 
we have to replicate that same energy and excitement that happened in Georgia here in Virginia. And I can say that the benefit is, is that it will trickle down. What happens in Virginia reverberates across this country. And so Georgia, all these states um, who are on the cusp of becoming Democratic majorities, um, where we see a light at the end of the tunnel, we can have it, we can grab it. We have to preserve the majority we have here in Virginia, and then we have to execute that in other states. And so I say, you know, let's do this because we still have some unfinished business. I mean, I could tell you, for example, one of the biggest issues right now that we have in Virginia is felon dis- disenfranchisement. And I was born and raised hmm. in Petersburg, Virginia, that has, you know, majority black community where many of the residents, right, voting rights have permanently been taken because Virginia is one of three states that has a lifetime disenfranchisement policy for people with felony convictions. And so that is a huge relic of Jim Crow meant to suppress an entire segment of black and brown people. So, you know, this race is important and we need all hands on deck in Virginia because I'm committed to ensuring that no barriers exist for anyone to vote who's eligible to vote. And so passing a constitutional amendment um, that when a person completes their, their sentence, their rights to vote are automatically restored. That is a signal we need to send to these Republicans that we are here and we're going to meet them toe-to-toe with fire and ensure that everyone can participate in this democracy. And, and this, is, this is actually, uh, this, what you're talking about has bipartisan support. It doesn't have Republican elected officials anywhere, but in Florida... Um, the the reenfranchisement of 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 uh, felon votes was actually wildly popular, more popular than a lot of people who got elected. Um, mm-hmm. This this sort of this sort of push to make ourselves a real democracy is broadly supported by Republican voters, right? Like, are you running into? To, are are you seeing that? Are you seeing on the ground what we are seeing in national polls? that Republican electeds are way out of step with their own with their own voting base? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We thought we were trying to fight for Medicaid expansion. Republicans rejected it, but the, many of the people who benefited the most lived in rural and southwest Virginia areas who were hurting the most. We, you know, we see it now with the voting rights. Now, if you ask the Republican in position of power, of course, they're going to try to draw to the air some obscure time when someone wanted to vote maybe supposed to shouldn't they don't know you know but at the end of the day your average person they all believe that they have access to the democracy and we should make it easy safe and free for people to vote um and so that is where they are out of step with uh the people and it's shown in so many policies that they've been pushing i mean they fought against so many of our stimulus relief packages people being able to put food on the table our safety nets keeping our families afloat i mean they are just so not with us and so that's why we have to vote them out in the last uh, couple minutes that we have uh, how how can folks help your campaign if they're hearing you and saying yeah i want i, I want to be on board with this oh thank you my favorite absolute favorite question so the way that you have me <laughs> is that you can go to jennifercarolfoy.com and please read up on my policies. Please sign up to volunteer. We're in the stretch, in the finish line. Early voting begins on April 23rd in Virginia. So oh, wow, you, you really are in the final stretch. Yes. Listen, that's what the, Demo- the Democratic majority gives you, 45 days of early voting. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. I love that. So, yes, yes, the election, the primary election is June 8th, but early voting is April 24th. So it is right here. You can go to I Will Vote and dot com and find your local polling location request your early vote your absentee vote uh bill ballot today and uh get that in and listen this campaign is is running and we are going to win this thing we can only do it because we're running a grassroots people power campaign so we're nothing without the people so please go there and don't forget to donate because uh, if you want to throw money at me i will catch it and i will use it and <laughs> i will help with our campaign to win this thing and bring it home. So I want to thank you so, so much. I love that. I will I catch it. it. I should start saying that to <laughs> people. Right. If you throw money at me, no, I will good. catch it. I'm a I'll good, catch I'm, it. <laughs> I have good hand-eye coordination. I will catch it. That's <laughs> Especially right. when money, in fact, only when money is involved. Yes. <laughs> Jennifer <laughs> Carroll Floyd, <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out with us this morning and best of luck to you in the, in the home stretch. Thank you, thank you. All right to the win. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.